Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. All podcasts will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. During the month of March, our producers have put together great episodes to tie into the spirit of March Madness as we talk about leadership. Our special guest, Elder Jerry Lawrence, the pastor of Christ Temple Church of the Apostolic Faith, Manhattan, Kansas, has returned to continue our discussion on how to lead God's people. During this episode, we will discuss the correlation between being a sports coach and being a godly leader and the correlation between being a team player and discipleship. Today's podcast was produced by Lady Latrice Bellamy. I'll be right back with today's episode. Pastor Jerry, welcome back to the elephant in the room. Glad to be back. Well, um, last week uh, you closed on something that opened a door for more discussion. And I want to begin today's episode with that. I'm, I may paraphrase what you said, but you said something to this effect. It was profound and enlightening to me. Uh, you said something to this effect. Coaching involves the belief that the individual has the answers to their own problems within them. Uh, and the coach has the skills and knows the art of pulling out of the player what he already has in him. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit more? Yes. The, the, the coach's primary job is to focus on helping that individual to unlock their own potential. And you are so correct. It is an art. Everybody does not have that skill set to, to help an, uh, another individual to unlock their own potential. So it takes a certain skill set, a certain level of uh, expertise, if you will, to be able to to get uh, or pull out, as I, I used the word capsulate last week, to capsulate and, and get the person to see their own potential and to pull and help them unlock that potential within them. So the coach is able to, to see the potential. The player may not know their full potential, and the coach... After identifying it, he puts together some type of uh, training program or curriculum in order to help that individual reach his or her optimal level in that sport. Is, is, that, is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so let's correlate that to, to ministry because that's what we're talking about. So then would it also be correct to say that a spiritual leader... For example, the pastor has to be able to or should be able to see the gifts, the calling, or the anointing that is upon 
an individual's life and help to be able to cultivate that gift, that anointing that God has given the individual so that they can operate in ministry to their optimal level. That is correct. That is correct. The, the, the pastor, the spiritual leader has such a great and, and I say awesome job because it's almost like um, a father and his children. And in, in, in many cases, uh, the spiritual leaders older than some of their, their mentees, but it's, it, I'm, I'm sure they get a joy mm-hmm. out of seeing a, a babe start out, maybe crawling, then getting some footing and some traction and walking. And then they see some potential some giftings within an individual and they work with them and it's a struggle. It's a, it's a struggle back and forth, but they work with them and they, there's a joy when they get to see the fruits of their labor. I've had people from um, around the country um, speak to me about some of the gifts that they have and having been in a ministry where whatever that gift is, it's not recognized. And the spiritual leader, not knowing what to do with that person's gift. For an example, a person that the Lord may speak to through dreams. And that seems to be the most uh, talked about gift that I hear people talk about. Um, they say, I have dreams and I believe the Lord is dealing with me through dreams and, and the ministry that I'm in, they don't believe in it or whatever else. Uh, I've had some to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being coached. I'm not being mentored as it relates to me being a teacher or preacher. And then they're, they're looking for a ministry, a spiritual leader to be able to help them to develop that gift. That can be very, very disheartening for a person to to feel that maybe even know that God has given them something. They don't know how to develop it. And then to be a part of or under leadership that that is totally clueless about how to develop that. Have you talked to anyone that has had any experiences like that? Yes, we kind of I've kind of uh, on the peripheral seen situations like that where maybe in ministry we're not able to, for lack of a better word, help an individual to cultivate their various gifts and and and, and talents. Then that's where. Um, wisdom comes in and say, well, since I don't have this particular uh, skill set to, because let me take a step back. A, a coach is not an expert in every single subject or every single thing. Thank you for, they, thank you for saying that because I was, I was just thinking that pastor Jer- Jerry, a coach does not have to be the expert in everything. Go, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, they have a network or people that they may know of that is better suited mm-hmm. to help an individual in a certain area. That's why it's good to get, to have a network or be able to um, know of someone that is that is better suited to help someone in a certain area as opposed to yourself. You do have some special to people that is like with doctors. Doctors have some specialties in certain things, but then you also have 
uh, a, a a doctor that may have a little bit of knowledge in certain things, but you have people that are specialists in certain areas, and you're able to reach out and say, "Hey, I'm I'm not that good in this area, but I know of someone that that can help you." In other words, they have resources to help mm-hmm. the individual out. So I can't help you, but I know somebody who can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to leave the ministry, and 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 and. Uh, wander around the the state or the country trying to find somebody um that spiritual leader needs to have resources so that when he is you know um when he is out of his um what words am i looking for his zone his zone zone. yeah when he's out of his zone he has a another coach or a specialist who can help that help that person develop that skills i think that's very key Having said that, the player uh, has to be teachable, coachable, and then also respectable and willing to follow the instructions of his coach. So the player is not his own coach. (laughs) That is correct. And the member is not his own pastor. That is absolutely correct. So they 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 have to they have to work together in order to be able to make the ministry a success. Here is a question that I, I want to ponder for for a minute or two as it relates to um, free will and sanctification of the believer uh, and their relationship to ministry. Is it vital to be dedicated to the leader? And the ministry, the second part of that question is, is it possible for a person to be dedicated to the ministry and not loyal to the leader? So your first question, you cannot be a good leader if you are not a good follower. Mm -hmm. It is imperative. It is imperative that you are loyal to your leader. What happens? What what happens to a player that that won't be coached or um, wants to coach him himself? Uh, wants to do his own thing and is not loyal to to the coach. They're just going to do their own thing. <laughs> well, for the most part, I'll start answering that question by saying this: There is no I in team. Mm, team is still T E. A.M. Mm-hmm. There's no I or there's no one individual that that makes up a team. Um, a, a player uh, or a member must be loyal to his leader. It, that's imperative. If you're not loyal to your leader, how can you be loyal to the to the to the team? Mm-hmm. The the spiritual leader encompasses and it's pretty much the sum total of the team. If 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 I'm saying that the way I wanted to bring it out. Without the leader, without you being loyal to the leader, um, you're not going to be successful. And and just take one thing, one a step further. The disciples, as it relates to Jesus, they were loyal to Jesus mm-hmm. to a fault. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes they went off on the deep end, down mm-hmm. the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. making uh, claims that they <laughs> could not uh, fulfill. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, they were loyal to their mentor. They were loyal to their leader you have to be 
It, it works hand in hand. I, I don't. I don't think that a player or a member who is not loyal to leadership will succeed. I, I think that they're setting themselves up for for failure, and that that could be a spirit of pride, and it could be arrogance as well. And mm-hmm. it's it's very dangerous when when the when the player or the member thinks that they know as much as the coach or the pastor. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. In many cases, you don't. And let me add just one last statement, Bishop. It, it's obvious as it relates to teams. Teams, teams outperform individuals. I love that. Teams outperform individuals. Together, everybody yes. is stronger. Yes. Well, let's um, let's dig um, a little bit deeper uh, as we speak about the the godly spiritual leader and his responsibility to encourage their followers to make the right choices in order to be in alignment with the will of God. We talked uh, last week where the apostle told the spiritual leader not to be bossy. Uh, not to be lords over uh, God's people, but he does have the responsibility to encourage, not force, but to encourage their um, their membership to live godly lives and to understand the leader and the member needs to understand, as I said a minute ago, that it is a... It's a team effort that makes the ministry successful. The pastor is obligated to teach the lady, the lady, and then the disciple or the member must be committed to the ministry and the mission. What's the correlation there as it relates to, to sports? Well, I, I like I, I played basketball in my in my uh, younger years. I think and, I and think you I think you still play a little bit. <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do. It's good cardio for the older man. <laughs> you're probably you're probably waiting for the weather to change, and you're going to throw that basketball in in the in the back seat of the car or the trunk, and and. Uh, and be looking for an open court somewhere. You might even decide to take some of those kids on out in the street and, and, and teach them I, a few lessons. <laughs> I normally do that. If, if I had the time, I would, I would, that would be one of my professions. I'd probably be a, a youth coach, basketball coach or something, but I don't have the time for that right now. Yeah. But it is imperative because um, first and foremost, a, a team, a team cannot succeed without a shared purpose. So if an individual decides to go rogue or be the Lone Ranger, the team cannot succeed without buy-in from everyone, including the star player. I've seen it where star players have been very selfish and self-serving, and most of the time a team loses. And if they don't lose the actual basketball game and per se they lose it in the locker room behind the scenes where people don't see because what happens is there there is some discord Mm -hmm. in the locker room because the coach gives out the plan the the playbook the playbook 
And if one individual, the star player, is not abiding by the plan or going according to the plan or the playbook, that uh, gets the other team members kind of uh, uh, irritated. And, and there's, there's discord, and then all of a sudden you see it. You can see it on the court. There's no more uh, synchrony there. There's no more uh, unity there. There's discord, and everybody's doing their own thing, which at the, at the end, that team will end up losing. The coach doesn't want to leave that rogue, uh, doesn't want to lose that rogue player, but he sees that it's causing chaos, uh, discord, confusion among the team. How does he, how does he um, bring that, that, that rogue uh, player back into harmony with the team so that he doesn't lose him? Of course, he's valuable. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in ministry as well, Pastor. Well, you have a very talented person in ministry, gifted. It may be a preacher or teacher or someone who is very valuable in the um, uh, administrative role or in the financial role. And if they go rogue, you don't want to lose them. But at the same time, you understand that they can't continue to to function like that because it's going to destroy the whole team. So mm-hmm. what, what what do coaches do in that situation? How do they get that person to come around and be a um, team player? <laughs> well, Bishop, this is where coaches and spiritual leaders earn their money. Wait a second, that's what you get paid to do, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Earn your <laughs> earn, earn your money. <laughs> yes, sir. Or as the old folks say, earn your keep. Yeah, <laughs> you earn it. You earn it with your star player, mm-hmm. and you earn it with your worst player. Okay. Because everybody that's in between those two, you don't have to really coach them up as much, but you have to do the most, the bulk of your coaching with your weakest link or your worst player, and with your star player to keep. First of all, to keep the star player giving uh, to buy in to the team concept and getting him to understand his role is without you, we're not going to go very far, but at the same time, we can't just lose uh, the locker room or the, the, the team altogether. And then you have to go, uh, go down the, 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 the ranks there and say, okay, I have to coach up my, my weakest link to get buy in from him as well. So that to, to let him see that he's an integral part of the team, because many times, the worst player or the weakest link, they sit at the end of the bench or they know that they're not as good as the others. And you want the entire team, the entire five, and, and, and as in the case of basketball, to have buy-in because one bad series of plays from your worst player or your best player could cost you a game and cost you a series. Are stars a problem on a team? Stars can be a problem on, on, on a team if – um, there's no buy-in. Sometimes they can be the best thing since sliced bread, and sometimes they can be your worst nightmare. Okay. Um, let's talk about the um, the connection between the the leader and the the member as it relates to what Jesus was talking about in the Gospel of John, chapter fifteen. When he said, I am the true vine and my my father is the husbandman. He's showing 
He's showing connectivity there and the relation of the father and himself and then also the believer. He said that every branch in him that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So the person as the branch that produces more is invested in them to produce more. And the one that does not produce, it is traded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's sent, it's sent to, it's sent to a, another team because they are, they're not earning their, their salt, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a person doesn't want to be traded, but they're no longer valuable they're no longer valuable to the team. And, I, and I've seen that in the uh, headlines, sports headlines, many times where coaches are fired because mm-hmm. they're no longer producing. The one thing that I haven't able, been able to understand, Pastor Jerry, is how is it that a pastor, I mean, a coach after many years of success can have like one or two bad seasons and then the management decides to fire him. I just, I've never been able to, to wrap my mind around that. What's going on there? Well, the bulk of the, of the problem is um, the fact that the players um, are no longer listening. There's no longer buy-in. So therefore most organizations say, okay, they're not listening anymore. They're no longer hearing the coach. Let's, let's give them a different voice. And when they do that, a lot of times they can get things back on track with a different voice. And you're absolutely correct. Sometimes a, a coach has had much success, multiple years of, of, of valid, trackable, and measurable success. But one or two bad years, you they, they start looking for another coach. And, and one more reason is the fact that players on a professional level, they make more money. They're the they're the ticket drawers, mm-hmm. not the coaches. Mm-hmm. People come to see the players play, not the coaches' coach. Yeah. So if a if a spiritual leader, pastor, bishop, district elder, or whatever the case might be, has lost the the heart or the the ears of his leadership team or his congregation, that puts him in a very vulnerable place. Because he can't move that, he or she can't move that ministry. They can't move that that organization or whatever. They can't move it forward because, like the team members, they're not listening anymore. And they're going to start losing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Jesus said that connectivity is is very important. And I would also say that that is part of the loyalty aspect, the, the, the aspect of being loyal to your leader, staying connected to God and Christ and your spiritual leader so that as an individual, as a ministry, you can continue to be efficient, effective, and productive and to be able to um, fulfill the responsibility that God has called us to. Uh, pastors or spiritual leaders, they work together for the common good, but they cannot have um, 
they cannot be selfish or self-centered. That mm -hmm. will destroy a ministry when it is about the leader. When um, you were not with us at the time, but when my dad passed in 2006, Bishop Winston Singleton out of uh, California was coming and conducting revivals for us. And he spoke to me privately and he said, if you keep the best interest of the people at heart, you will succeed. If you love the people and keep their best interest at heart, you will succeed. And I have tried to follow that for these 16 years, not to make the ministry about Michael, but to make the ministry about helping people. Is that the same thing that a coach is doing? He doesn't focus on himself, but he focuses on what is, his, what is the best interest of the team members individually, maybe even becoming not just a mentor slash coach, but almost like a father image to those, to those guys. Mm -hmm. he, the, the coach sacrifices himself for the good of the team. And he does. Yeah. He, he, he coaches them up. He, he wraps his arms around them when, when things are going bad. That's why I made the, the comment that I made a few minutes ago that that's, this is where the coaches earn their money or their keep. Because even during the, the worst of times, the coach is there. He, he's visible. He, he, he takes a, a, a bullet or, or takes hurt and, and, and things that are thrown to the team. He takes it upon himself. And if you notice, if you've ever looked at any of the interviews after a team loses, um, the, the, the reporters are asked the coach questions and he takes all of the blame, takes all the shots, doesn't throw his people under the bus. He says, it's my fault. Yeah. It all starts and ends with me. It's my fault that we lost. Even yeah. though we know mm -hmm. people that's viewing, we know it's a player that made a couple of mistakes, but the coach takes the blame. Marie and I were at um, the restaurant yesterday and Purdue and I think it was Purdue and Indiana were playing. Uh, while I was having lunch, I was trying to watch the game. And I told Gwen, I said, this is why I can't watch sports. <laughs> I, 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 I said, the way these guys are playing, they could let me play. <laughs> this is <laughs> too, many hand, too many handovers. And I, at one point, I said, these guys are fighting like girls on the court, you know? <laughs> Fighting, fighting over the ball, and then I saw the 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 uh, one of the I guess he must have been the head coach. He reached out to one of the other coaches and had him to give him the um, the clipboard or whatever it was with the plays on it, and he was yelling and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but at the at the end of the game, I don't remember who won who won that game, and it was by a few points. But at the end of the day, it is the coach's responsibility to make sure that that team, the team wins. At the end of the day, it is the leadership's responsibility to make sure that his leadership team, 
that his membership has this uh, connectivity, that there mm-hmm. is there is a, a harmonious development and growth among them, so that membership, that congregation continues to not only function, but that it it flourishes. So you mentioned about the coach making a sacrifice for the team, but then the team also has to sacrifice for the team and the coach itself. So there is, there is a mutual, there's a mutual sacrifice. It's like, it's like the pastor saying to the membership, what can I do to help you? And then Mm -hmm. the individual member coming to the pastor asking, what can we do? Or what can I do to help you over the years? And you have been um, a great example of what it means to follow to follow leadership. I've I've followed you going back to the days when you were um, a young guy uh, playing on the um, playing on the courts in Chicago and surrounding yourselves with young men and being very active with them, you have always been loyal to leadership. And that is one of the remarkable things about you. Tell me and tell our listeners some of the sacrifices that you have made as it relates to being loyal so that the ministry that you're associated with was able to not just function because we wanna go beyond functioning and flourish. What's, what are some of the sacrifices you've made? Well, Bishop, sometimes, and I've, I've uh, listened to the, the morning blend a lot, especially when you were talking about the role of a pastor and a husband. Sometimes you sacrifice your family. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice your family, time with them, precious time with them, um, because you're, you're doing things for the pastor, you're doing things for the ministry. Sometimes you sacrifice your, your, your own thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. for the, you're taking one for the team. Sometimes um, you're asked the question, you're asked your opinion, and sometimes your idea might be better than the, 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 the pastor's idea. And you, you know, you don't fuss and fight about it. You just say, okay, well, they decided to go another way with it, but you, you sacrifice sometimes your, yourself and your, your beliefs and your philosophies for the sake of the t- of the team, you also sacrifice um, the, the 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 sake of being wrong. Sometimes you don't always agree, uh, always agree with each other. Mm-hmm. But I always found that you have to respect your leader, whether you agree mm-hmm. or disagree. You respect them, and what happens is you go behind closed doors in a respectful manner and you talk about it. And some and many times, I can say sometimes, many times you still gonna leave with your tail tucked. especially with some especially with some of the older older uh bishops right (laughs) yes sir yes sir they're gonna hand you your hat and your coat bye felicia (laughs) (laughs) but you out of love and respect and loyalty you understand um the fact that you know what they are the leader. They are the man or woman for this time. And you're just a spoke. You're just a spoke <laughs> and, a, and a wheel to help them. 
wa- to help them. I haven't watched very many, um, very many basketball games, but I, I'm, you know, this March Madness thing and this this um, uh, this series has kind of provoked me to spend a little bit extra time uh, watching some basketball games just to get a better idea of what it means, you know, to to have that kind of. Um, to have that kind of relationship with coach and players and what it takes to win and et cetera. But the few times I've watched, I've never seen a player go off the court and yell at the coach and tell him or her, you don't have a clue what you're doing. (laughs) Bishop, you do have that. You do have that. No, tell me, don't tell, don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. Yes, sir. In this culture, in this generation, you have the players buck, bucking up at the coach, and you have them, in some instances, cursing out their coach. But what happens is um, there's a discipline there. Mm-hmm. So what happens is for good coaches, good, strong coaches, it's okay, you're going to behave that way. You're not going to start the next game. Okay. For, for collegiate or high schoolers, you're not going to start the next game. You may not even play the next game. Okay. For – for professionals who are getting paid, they're gonna hit them in the pocket because okay. they're grown ups, they're grown men. Yeah. So they say you're gonna be disrespectful, we'll just take some money from you. Okay. Get you what hurts. So they don't they don't destroy them. They they discipline no. them. They discipline them. And so the pastor that has a, a a member that wants to challenge him or wants to be disrespectful, uh, maybe privately or maybe worse, publicly. He doesn't mm-hmm. throw the member away. He doesn't destroy. He disciplines them, but because they're valuable to the team, he tries to hold on to them and continue to to develop them. Yes, sir. Most coaches exhaust all of their resources that they have available, even uh, internal and external, before they they trade and or give away uh, a player. Okay. Well, Pastor uh, Jerry, um, it has been wonderful spending these two um, podcasts with you. They have been very informative and enlightening to me, even thought-provoking. You had me doing something that I normally don't do, watching a basketball game. While I was eating lunch, and uh, I'm thinking, you know what, I probably, because I don't know if you know this about me, I think you've heard me to say it, I don't like to lose. I've heard it. I'm a a poor loser, and I can't can't tolerate supporting a team that loses, so... (laughs) So I don't, I'm not, I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm not a Sox fan. I'm not a Bears fan. I'm not a fan of any team because it doesn't matter to me who win or who loses because once I commit to that team, they have to win. (laughs) You're so a loser. I am. I am. And I'm, I'm publicly confessing it. I am a sore loser. That's why I'm on Team Jesus, because, hey, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, can't, yes, sir. I can't lose as long as I'm on Team Jesus. Pastor Jerry Lawrence, thank you so much for being with us, for 
these two podcasts and talking to us about the correlation between the coach and pastor, uh, the team teams on various um, sports in various sports and also as uh, discipleship and membership. Friends, and thank you so much for joining us uh, doing this uh, special March Madness podcast. Hope that uh, the episode has been enjoyable to you. Today's podcast was produced by Lady Latrice Bellamy. Be safe, stay healthy, and God bless.